Grand rising, afternoon or evening, to you all depending on what time you're listening. And I want to quickly just say thank you, you know, and gratitude for listening and for being patient. It's been a little while since I last did a podcast. And in the meantime, it's been really good to get your messages and hear how much you've been missing the podcast. Um, I find it very encouraging. It's given me the energy, the fuel to come back and do another one. And yeah, just again, thank you for for reaching out and for, for bearing with me. You know, sometimes life <laughs> life can get in the way. Um, But I needed to come back, to be honest. For me, doing this, whether it's podcasting, journaling, or whatever else, other activities I'm doing, it's just a way of finding the way. You know, creating a mental, emotional pathway through that dense, long forest of, of life, of life stuff, of... The ups and downs and the complications and it's a way of making sense of the madness and I'm definitely doing that today speaking on abandonment and attachment and this is really a personal one and it's part of me taking one or two steps you know, on on what's hopefully more more solid ground <clears throat> so why why am i speaking about this so you know so you know um, at the end of last year i was in a coffee shop with my best mate my bro and after declaring over and over that having had a, an absent father wasn't a major issue for me to say the least I was surprised when I ended up bursting into tears you know the rush of emotions that really flooded overwhelmed me like completely took over when I began to prod my inner child just a little bit more than usual it was something else and I realised there and then that I needed to spend some time this year you know, more proactively looking into what else I'm suppressing in this area you know, with the aim of unpacking the emotional, historical baggage and being a bit more honest, a bit more authentic kind of maybe accepting some of the difficult sides of myself and my history simply because I just want a bit more peace I want to be a bit more well adjusted and have a better quality of life 
Oh, so, attachment. What is attachment or an attachment style? From what I'm reading and my understanding, attachment styles are simply the way that we typically establish or, importantly, maintain our attachments with people. So I've been reading about three uh, umbrella types. Secure attachment, insecure, anxious attachment, and insecure, avoidant attachment. And these attachment styles are said to be constructed in our infant years. There was a test I read about, the, the strange condition test, which some of you may know about. Essentially, a very young child's left in a room. The mother leaves the child in a room, leaves the room. The child's either cool as a cucumber or goes crazy crying. And depending on how the child reacts and how long it takes a child to um, be comforted again, if they did cry, that's supposed to tell us what attachment style the child developed based on how attentive the mother's been to the child. So the, the child can even be, you know, well tended to and so has a very secure attachment style to the mother or or can go the other way. Um, I think this is, this is well known. It's a bit contentious. I think it's... I think it offers insights, but there are some shaky premises here. One being the idea that every child needs a mother as a caregiver in order to be you know secure or otherwise I'm not sure if that's really universally true and the other thing this test does it bases our attachment styles in nurture rather than nature so you know we we may just simply inherit a temperament genetically and I don't know if that's accounted for in this test and authoritative speak on this and also on the fact that look I feel like my experiences and maybe you feel the same our attachment styles are not just formed in infancy they're formed throughout childhood our adolescence and beyond but essentially I think the principle is that in our engagements with people from our first days of life and all the way through reconstructing a style of establishing and maintaining attachments with people and those styles can be either healthy and secure or unhealthy and anxious avoidant So to abandonment, I was abandoned due to the fact that my my biological father, who I will refer to as X, had virtually zero involvement in my life on all levels. And it was so, so confusing when I was younger. The further I go back, the more confusing and bewildering and really like <sighs> toxic 
that was as an experience. It was really, yeah, to the to the core, toxic. I I formed an unhealthy attachment style within me. I spent many years desperate for the attention, time, and presence of X. Despite the complete absence of X. And I was inadvertently constructing an attachment shape that entailed seeking to establish a relationship with a person that showed no interest, inclination, capacity, nothing, no ability to have a father-son relationship with me, just nothing, no desire there at all. And, you know, suppressing what was obvious, oh man, as a child, really did some horrible stuff to me. Hence why I'm here still, you know, my late thirties working through this stuff. And to be honest, I think I'm being tough on myself. When I say that I, you know, was inadvertently constructing an attachment style, to be honest, I was the child, right? The attachment style wasn't being constructed by me, really. It was being shaped by X, the absent father. And if there were other players in this, it would be the adults in my life that maybe, well not maybe, that should have been more equipped to, to, to help me. And to those, to those unwitting accessories, dear people in my life, simply well, there was no counter-narrative. There's no conversation from the adults in my life to help me, the child, frame what was going on. And basically the lack of voices explaining to me that, you know, this behavior was unacceptable. That ultimately normalized and contributed to to my unhealthy, insecure avoidant attachment style which I'll come back to but here I just want to put a bit more meat on the bone so you know due to various factors broken families have become somewhat of a norm in certain parts of my culture and this combined with a all too often false sense of respect a misplaced and quite frankly warped loyalty towards absent fathers meant that it meant that my caregivers didn't provide me with the narrative needed to understand that being attached to an absent person X was not normal and because I didn't have that understanding I just wasn't able to, within myself at a young age, establish proper boundaries. So I'm now 38. And 
there are two occasions in my life where I was actually visited by ex. And the first time, I was really young. I don't remember the age. Maybe hard, maybe seven, eight. I'm not sure. But the first time, X was late. Quite, you know, hours late. You know, maybe three, three, four hours late. Could you imagine the first time your father's coming to visit you in your life? You're eight. You're so. I can almost feel it now. I can feel. You're just so wired for this and. I just remember being in the front entrance of my grandparents' house, looking out of the the side window panels of the door. I remember having my hands and face pressed against the glass, the cool glass, and seeing. So the glass was obs- was kind of slightly opaque. So you can see the colours outside, the, the green of the grass, the blue of the sky, and things moving, but you couldn't quite make out detail of what was going on. Well, I couldn't make that out. I remember just having my face pressed upon this cool glass and waiting, looking, waiting, looking, and him not turning up. And just an accumulation of just sorrow, sadness, and... It was such a horrible experience. It dawned on me, he's not coming, he's not coming. He's not coming. And I ran upstairs, threw myself on the bed in a spare room and... It was just a mess of tears. And at that age, not being able to process that feeling embarrassed I felt embarrassed you know how messed up is that and sad deeply sad to the stomach and and I just oh God, just wanted the pole the earth to swallow me up and it was nasty and I think I do believe he came about three or four hours late but to be honest it's such a my memory is so focused on the difficulty of that experience. It's, I, I'm not entirely sure if he did even turn up. But, I mean, and, and this this was just a bit of, just a slice of the roller coaster of internal experience that I went through due to an absent father. Which has led to me having, you know, this... this unhealthy attachment style and that's why I'm speaking about this now <sighs> and so listen if if you have a parental duty of care to a child that is attached to an adult that's absent or in any other way severely or acutely inadequately discharging their duty as a caregiver, please, please, please make a point of addressing this with the child. Now, listen, it's critical that we don't manipulate children or use them as pawns and we don't pressure them into taking sides in our battles. This isn't about that. 
this is about us understanding as mature adults how important it is to support the emotional development of of children in our care and I you know for me there's absolutely nothing wrong actually it's essential to be able to say to a child that absence or a particular type of inadequacy just isn't right I want you to know it's not right it's understandably hurtful and it's perfectly normal that you need to find a healthy way of protecting yourself and you're going to have to learn this over time and I'm here to talk, to listen and to help you how can I help you? Oftentimes, um, and, and in my in my case uh, you know the abandoned person is left in a bit of a vacuum because the caregivers don't know what to do or they don't want to badmouth the parent that's at fault. So there's good intentions, but to be honest, silence doesn't work out well in, in these situations. Well, sometimes absence is normalised to the present caregiver, so they don't really perceive the problem. And thus, you know, neither do, do we, the children. Until, of course, later in life when, you know, our unhealthy, malformed attachment styles become apparent in our adult relationships, romantic relationships and, and other relationships. Hmm. So the abandonment that I experienced left left me with unhealthy attachment styles. I actually recently did a test which showed me to have an insecure avoidant attachment style. Which means essentially that I avoid fully and wholly committing and I also struggle to accept that type of commitment from others. And I'll admit that I was a little surprised by this verdict. But on reflection, thinking about the, the criticism that pretty much every partner has levelled at me over the years, I have to admit that I can see some truth in the conclusion. I'm definitely fearful regarding allowing people in fully and I avoid doing so and this has got to be due to the rejection over many of my childhood and adolescent years and the resulting abandonment anxiety. Sadly, I also cling on to toxic relationships, despite how hurtful they are, because I've become expert in doing so. I've carried a really insecure attachment style, cultivated in, in, in the past, into the present, where I now really, really struggle to walk away from situations and people that are serving my well-being poorly. You know, people that really abandon my needs and erode my boundaries. And that's a big part of this, you know, me trying to 
renegotiate this and and get to a better place so I can be in better balance with, with everything that's going on around me and with everybody that I encounter. So what's next? Well, I guess this is a part of what's next. This podcast. I aim to continue educating myself regarding abandonment issues, abandonment trauma. Just keep digesting and exploring the relevant info, knowledge, just as I'm doing now, as as first steps towards better self-awareness and better self-judgment greater self-wisdom I'm not quite sure where this is going to lead but I just want it to lead to a, a, a better place and to more peace, more inner peace more inner standing And I just want to say thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you holding space for me to work through this trauma. And and I also encourage you to reflect on any negative patterns in your relationships. Romantic or otherwise. And, and maybe consider viewing them through the lens of attachment styles consulting with a trained professional if you need to or not you might just find it to be as enriching and liberating as I am already finding it to be for me so here is to being a little bit better today that we were yesterday.